good. The first one is that I've been, well, first of all, I don't have my shoes on tonight, and I thank you for letting me be a redneck. <laughs> I, I, I did something to my foot, and it's swollen up, and I've had it on ice, and when I get out of here, I'll put it back on ice. But anyway, until then, I got the bright idea a while ago to take my shoes off and quit pretending like my foot's not hurting right now. It actually is. So we'll just, I'll just stand here like a stork for a little while. So in the next announcement is I've been out catfishing, doing pretty good. But I want to let you know that I'm getting to tan and I'm about to pass the bevel, boys. I will never pass Isaac, but I will pass the bevel, boys. I... <laughs> amen. This is, amen. So having said all of that, a little fun. You ready for the word? Yep. Get your Bibles out. And um, we're going to be a lot in 1 John, but let's, before we get there, let's dive over into Proverbs 26, 2. And, um, oh, so you may have seen 25, 2. I don't know. 26, 2. Um, my sermon is an odd word, and they made it. Put it back up there. Put it back up there. I know this sounds funny. Um, my sermon title is called Because. Now, I know that many of you are going, why? Well, that's the first one. But because, and I, and I know this sounds kind of odd, but most people, when most Christians, when you meet a Christian, when you meet a non-Christian, uh, the, the number one conversation when they finally get to asking you a question will always be why. And, and that's, a big, that's a big deal. And um, I want you to be able to know how to answer why. But I want you to know that people are asking why as though the gospel is a mystery. It is not a mystery Everything you've ever wanted to know is in the Bible. Everything that you've, God, it's, it's big enough, thick enough to answer every question except the stuff that don't matter. Like was Paul married? Apparently it doesn't matter. <laughs> Amen. And a lot of people have opinions, but we don't know. And so you ask me why he didn't, I don't have any idea about that. So anyway, so my sermon's called, um, is, is, um, is because but the answer is always, there's a cause. People ask, why did this happen? Why did that not happen? And, and in reality, there is reasons things happen or don't happen. So I'm going to start off in Proverbs 26.2. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, a curse without cause shall not come. Now, um, we're going to use, we're going to go to the word because today, but the word cause literally means there is a cause or for this cause. There's a cause for everything that stuff doesn't just happen. So a lot of times when you ask a question why, you're going to go and God is going to give you an answer and it'll sound similar to this. Now, the first one that we're going to look at, go to 1 John 2 and we'll st we'll, let's stay on why for a few minutes. Uh, or the word no. Let's stay on the word no. We, well, we weren't on it for a no. But, but 1 John 2 
verse 3. Now, every question has already been answered. Every, every question has been answered. Now, now, I'm going to show you a word in 1 John to show you that John spent a lot of time answering the why question. So I'm going to go through a bunch of them, and I don't want you to follow me. Matter of fact, I marked him off of O'Sell so he couldn't follow me because he's going to slow me down. So I want you to read 1 John 2, 3. It says, by this we know, we know him if we keep his commandments. You can know whether you know him. Verse 4, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Whoever keeps his word, the love of God is perfected in him, and by this we know we are in him. Amen. Now, Verse 11, he who hates his brothers in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going. God is not hiding information from us. See, a lot of times people come and they say, why? As though the, the Bible is a mystery, as though life is a mystery, and they're going to stump you and ask you something, and you're going to go, I don't know, and they're going to say, that's exactly what I thought, and walk away. But, the, but John spends a lot of time talking about you can know. As a matter of fact, there isn't anything you want to know that he won't show you, and you can know anything that you ask him. He will tell you everything you want to know. That's a powerful statement because when we have to go through life going, well, wait a minute, then I can know. All right, let's look at another one. Let's look at another one. Um, verse 13, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him, you know him, and um, who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. I write for you, children, because you have known the father. Um, I'm just going to skip through some, some scriptures here. Um, chapter 2, verse 28. Now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. If you know, if you know he's righteous, you know everyone practicing righteousness is born of him. Chapter 3, verse 1. Whoever, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it doesn't know him. Verse 2, beloved, now we're children of God. It has not yet been revealed what we'll be, but we will know. We know when he's revealed, we'll be like him and see him as he is. Verse 5, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop there because we're going to go through a couple more of them. But um, in other words, there is nothing hidden. Amen. Now, think about that for a second. There is, you know, you say, well, we didn't know, they didn't know. Well, then let me ask you, why don't you know? Why don't you know? A lot of people don't know because they're not looking. So I'm not, I'm not here to, to put them down, but I'm here to tell you that a lot of times we're praying about stuff and we act, and we act as though God's hiding truth from you. He is not hiding anything from you. If it's hidden, it's hidden for you, but not from you. So it says in one place, we know as we are known. We can know God. Okay, let's look at a couple of more of these. Um, 
let me see. I think I got a couple more in here. Um, Romans 1, go to Romans 1. We'll skip out of 1 John. I just wanted to burn through that because John spent a lot of time talking to you about what you know, what you can know, what you should know, and the fact that you really know a lot more than you think you do. I've had people I've talked to before, and I've asked them a question, and they would say, you know what to do. And the truth is, I did. I didn't want to do what I knew. I was looking for a way out, but I knew what to do, but it was not going to be fun or easy, but I knew what to do. A lot of times, we're not in the dark. We know. So I'm going to show you something about the world right here that is very enlightening. Romans chapter 1. Did I say John? I was wrong. Uh, Romans 1, um, powerful scripture. I got to get over there. We'll start with verse 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. That's a powerful scripture. I quit a long time ago trying to prove the Bible. I don't need to prove the Bible. When I was in Tulsa, there was a talk show came on one day, and a guy was laughing at the moral majority, and I wanted to get on the phone real bad and ask him his address. And ask him when he wouldn't be home so I could come by and get his TV. Now, people in the world, you, you start talking about taking their TV and they'll get upset and call you a thief, but yet they don't go to church. And you mess with their girlfriend or their boyfriend, they'll say things to you. Or if you lie, they'll say, You lied to me. And it doesn't matter who you are. Democrat, Republican, or whatever, doesn't matter where you live in San Francisco or Miami, everybody knows right from wrong. They know there's a God. They know right from wrong. They know. There is no way in the world for you to live on this planet and look around and not know there's a God. An atheist one time, the people got together, a bunch of guys got together and went to God and said, we've we found out we can create a man just like you. And he said, okay, let's go. And so they took a bucket of dirt and he goes, ooh, 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 get your own dirt. Amen. And I've always thought the big bang, where'd the fire come from? Where'd the water come from? Where'd the bang come from? Where'd the dirt come from? Where'd the air come from? God said, be and bang. But you ever notice that even lost people run around talking about immorality? And yet they do the very, then they scream, you know, we just don't love and don't carry. And then, and then they get on and talk about how Trump is a liar. And, he's a, and, they all, and this whole list of Ten Commandments is though they've been to church. Because everybody knows. The Bible says that we know. 
So it says that we are without excuse. It says that we suppress it. Now let's go. It says, verse 19, what may be known of God is manifest. God has shown it to him. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, they're without excuse. Because although they knew God, it says they knew God, they didn't glorify him, nor were they thankful, because futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. So it says that they know. Now, I did this a long time ago. I stopped trying to prove the Bible is true. I just give them scripture and let them deal with it because they already know. They already know. I, I, I quit a long time ago trying to prove. So, you know, a lot of movies, like Christian movies, trying to prove there's a God. Leave it alone. They know there's a God. One time the Lord told Dr. Osborne, he said, don't explain me, preach the gospel. Amen. Don't, you don't need to explain me. They, they know. You know, and even a child, and I'm, and I'm going to give you a little wisdom right here so you can tell how the kids are bad. When you come home and they're all lined up on the couch and being nice, there's something been bad going on. Why? They know. Amen. Amen. All right, let's look at one more. John 8. John 8. And here's another scripture. We're going to stay on no for just a minute, and then we're going to dive back over to because. John 8, 31, he says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Um, truth is not being hidden. So I'm not here to, I guess, the. I don't like the us them mentality, but there is an us them. There is an us them. There are people who go, we don't believe that. Why? Jesus didn't ask you your opinion. He told you your opinion. He didn't say pick or choose. This is not a car you're buying where you get to choose the tires on it. You, you, there's, Jesus said you'd know the truth and the reason we don't know truth is we're not looking for it. It says the Holy Spirit would lead you and show you everything that belongs to him. Everything. So a lot of times what we really need to do is, is teach people how to seek, how to seek God. If you seek him, you shall find him and he will lead you into all truth. So if you're ignorant, you're ignorant by default. You're ignorant because you have chosen to be ignorant. I was preaching at a Republican prayer breakfast uh, six years ago. The way I know, it was the first time Trump was running for office. And they got a hold of my name. Oh, the other announcement I didn't make to you, I said I had good news. Kenneth E. Hagan Jr. will be here in April preaching. He called me the other day and wanted to come. I, and I thought, this is Pastor Darrell. <laughs> I told Lisa, I said, that's a miracle. That's good, though. That's good. We're going to, we're going to have a, a, a great meeting. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Anyway, that was the announcement. So what was I saying before I got sidetracked, Lisa? 
Trump. Thank you. I just want to make sure you... I was at a Republican prayer breakfast, and I'd always wanted to do one, and I know I get one shot, so you have to go ahead and just load up both barrels. And I went in to a prayer breakfast knowing that I was in a room with every denomination on the planet, and they want to pray, or they say they want to pray. They want to throw words up and see what God will do. And I know this, and so I went in with the idea that I am actually going to teach them how to pray. I never got invited back, and I was very kind. I, I, I was very kind, and I, and I went in there, and I said, what would you do if I, if I said there's three things God can't do? Well, it went stone quiet, because there, you've never met a Christian anywhere on this earth that has ever said there's things God can't do. You've never met one. If you say, can God do anything? 100% of the people you meet will say yes. And it's wrong. That's why they don't get the, that's why, that's why they don't get the present answer. Because they don't know, but they, they chose not to know. You have to go looking for truth. So I said, well, what if I told you he can't lie? And he went, okay, okay, we, 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 we can go down that road. I said, well, that's number one. I said, are we good? And he went, yeah, yeah, that's good. We're good. We're cool. We're cool. And they're looking for number two because they know number two, we're going we're gonna to catch this guy. I said, he can't die. And they went, okay, okay, we can do it. We're cool. We're good. He can't die. He can't lie. He can't die. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I said, he can't violate his word. I said, he can't. If you want to get born again, and we say, come forward today and get born again, God can't go, ah, tell him to come back tomorrow. Amen. He can't. He can't. He cannot. Why can't he? Because he has cut covenant and he is a covenant-keeping God. Amen. So unless you come to God by covenant, you're not getting in the throne room. And, and you understand, as long as we throw everything on God as though it's up to him, that's a convenient untruth. And it's not true. Amen. God can do nothing but someone ask him. Amen. Now that's a powerful statement. Because most people don't believe that. They well, he's sovereign God. When his sovereignty, he's chosen to do nothing but you ask him. Amen. Right. Now that's a powerful statement. That's, a, that's huge. But, but see, you could know that if you wanted to know that. John Wesley is the one that said, it seems as though God can do nothing, but someone asked him why that is, I do not know. And so that's, that's the head of the Methodist church. And Brother Hagin said, why God doesn't do it? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And a lot of preachers have asked the question, and the Lord has answered them, because seek and you shall find. If, you, if it's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. And there's a lot of stuff in here he wants you to know. All right, let me, let me do one more that I wasn't going to do. John 16. Let's stay on this just a minute. 16. Um, let's start with verse 8. When he has come, he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, because they don't believe in me. Righteousness, because I'm going to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the rule of the world's judge. I still have a lot of things I want to say to you. But you can't bear them now. They weren't born again. 
However, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into some truth. Some truth he'll give you, some truth he will not, because he doesn't want you to know everything. He's hiding it from you because he really doesn't care whether you live or die, sink or swim. He just really wants you to watch you suffer and struggle and just not know and just be miserable. And um, How much? How much? Come on, let's get some guts. How much truth? He'll, he'll show it all to you. There is nothing that he has he won't show you. Now, that's huge. Now, what that does, that throws a little bit of responsibility on us to go looking. Now, when I was in St. Thomas with Lisa and I was laying on the beach, I began to feel guilty. I'm laying on a wonderful beach. It's beautiful there. We're snorkeling and everybody around me is unsaved. Everybody's unsaved. And I said, God, I'm having a hard time laying on this beach, on this island, because I started my ministry preaching in islands. I went to islands. I, we put up a crusade on a beach, and we preached the gospel, and people got born again. And I did that, so now I'm just laying around. People around me going to hell, I'm just laying around. And I said, God, I'm really bothered. And he said, um, I, I want you to enjoy yourself because and it's not up to you. I told them if they seek me they would find me. He said, the people around you, they're not looking. Amen. A lot of times we take a guilt on us because people don't know, but we think we've got to promote. No, you don't, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. And I, I've gotten to where now if someone's not asking me a question, I don't answer questions people don't ask. That's why sometimes people will say something and I go, oh, okay, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But unless you want to know, because I don't, you know, I found out a long time ago, I've never got in an argument with anybody over the Bible and won it. Because they don't want to know. And it's true politically. I mean, there's stuff that's right in your face and it's like, hey, hey, numb nut, this is like right in your face. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, okay, never mind. You know, you, you, don't, you don't want to know. Amen. And, and you have to believe God is big enough. Now, now go to 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to talk about now the word because. Now, the word because, like I said, is there is a cause for this cause. So when people ask us questions, then there is a reason that something did or didn't turn out or things are the way they are. It's not a mystery. You just need to know the because. So, so John is going to go along and we're going to talk about a bunch of becauses. And the first one is called, I call it the Mac Daddy because. And it's 1 John 4, 19. Um, We love God because, why? He first loved us. Now, now, if you don't, now, I know Christians who don't love each other. That's because they're not rooted in the love of God. Now, if, let me say it two ways. If you don't know he loves you, You cannot give what you don't have. And you won't be loving. 
you'll be a little bit mean, a little ornery, a little hard to get along with. And a lot of people that are not easy to get along with and not fun to be around really lack a revelation of the, of the unconditional love of God. I love you not because you're awesome, because you're not. And I know you love me, but it isn't because I'm awesome, because I'm not. You love me because God loves you. And he loves you with no conditions on it. You were dead in sin. You were ugly. You were on your way to a devil's hell. And he had mercy on you. And that is the, that becomes the standard that we have to have. In, when, when, it, when Jesus says, I want you to love even as I loved, you can't do it if you don't know how he loved you. If you think you helped him a little bit with your salvation, you'll become a Pharisee. See, legalism in the church is because people don't have a revelation of how much God loves them. They think that Jesus came along as Jesus plus me. And now that I've been in church tithing longer than you, I'm a lot better than you. And what are you doing in my chair? Don't you know I bought that chair? Get up and get out of it. You just came to this church. You don't come along and sit in this church and sit in my chair. By God, my family bought this row. Y'all been to churches like that? Not in this one, not in this church. They, because everybody in this church knows better than that. Amen. I don't care if you've been saved five years, 50 years, 150,000 years. You are still a heathen headed for hell without the mercies of God. Amen. And you wake up every morning going, thank you, Jesus, that I'm born again. Thank you that I'm washing the blood. Thank you for the love of God. Now, without it, you're a handful. <laughs> That's why I wanted to marry a woman who loved God because I knew occasionally somewhere along the line I'm going to burn the biscuits or burn them. Never mind, I, I won't. She had to teach me that there's no such thing as you rent the biscuit, you rent. She said, how do you spell rent? I said, well, everybody in Georgia knows how to spell rent. It don't matter how you spell it, the biscuits are rent. All right, anyway, so let's go back over here. Uh, verse verse 19. Now let's go up to verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment because. How, how do you know, how do you know when you die and you stand before God, you're going to get a happy welcome? Because. If you don't know because, You'll be thinking, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to die yet. I haven't, I haven't got my act together good enough. Well, you ain't never going to get it good enough. You, you just, one day you're going to step out of that body and go, I wasn't ready. And God's going to go, eh, it don't really matter. Come on. But now let's read what it says right here. And then we'll go back to the other because. It says, love has been perfected among us in this. We have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. It is his righteousness that God gave you anyway. When, when, you, when he sees you, he's going to look at you and go, welcome. And you're going to freak out and go, welcome. And you're going to look around and go, my God, I made it. And Jesus, said, and Jesus is going to look at you and go, and you can thank me for that. 
And you're going to go, amen, brother. Glory be to God. And you're going to dance if you're a Baptist. Glory to God. You're going to finally cut loose. Amen. Now, you know, now, now isn't that funny that this is in there, that we, that we know, we know that because, now, verse, verse 18, there is no fear in agape, but perfect agape drives out fear because fear involves torment. And you, he who fears, has not been made perfect in love. That does not mean that you're made perfect in your love walk. It means you're not rooted in his. Once you, once you get rooted in he loves me. Now, what was the greatest miracle you've ever had? The new birth. Folks, that's, better, that's greater than getting healed of cancer. That's better than getting married to the prettiest girl on the planet. Handsomest man, whatever you want, you know. Better than landing that new job, getting born again. And when you got born again, you, you weren't even going to church or tithing. <laughs> and you had all been ugly all week long. Or month, or your whole life, right? Now think about that for a minute. And yet God had mercy on you based on his goodness. Now, the, now it says we know. Because if you don't know the cause of why people are nice, then you'll run around going, I don't know how, why those people down there at that church are so nice. Well, there's a reason we're nice. We know we were sinners. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lady came in one day and she met me at the front door and, and she said, you don't want me in your church. I said, why don't we? She said, I'm bad. And I said, oh, God, honey, join us. <laughs> I said, everybody in our church is bad. Was, and we're born again now. I said, you ain't done nothing. Just, you ain't done nothing. You just need to meet the rest of the family in there. So <laughs> she came. She liked it. Anyway, they moved away. So anyway, um, Ephesians 2.1, go to Ephesians 2.1. Let's talk about the love of God right now. It says, we love him because. If you don't know that, if you don't know that, you're not going to be a loving person. And I'm going to read something to you in a minute about the love of God that um, is, it's very, it's very powerful. But it helped me with my love walk. I, I, I struggled for years to become a better person. And I failed. <laughs> I mean, about once a week I'd go, oh, shoot, I still, I have a lot of work. And after a while, I went to the Lord and I said, well, I will never get my prayers answered the way I want to. Because my love walk is just not all that. He said, well, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on your love walk. He said, I want you to focus on mine. Amen. And I went, oh, I'm where I am because of you. Oh, that changes everything. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where worship comes. Ephesians, Ephesians uh, 2. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, 
in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Now, let's stop there for a minute, and I'm going to say something, and there's actually Christians who don't believe what I'm going to say. I know that many of you were pretty good people by world standards. But you didn't do sin, you were. And you were a son of Lucifer. And if you had died and gone to hell, it's because you 100% deserved it. Now that, see, if you lose sight of that ever, we're going to get into that more. If you ever lose sight of, of the people right now that you don't like, they're all just like you. Thank you. The ones that are working through problems or issues in their life, you either were there or you're not there yet. But don't get too high and mighty because when the Lord found you, you weren't all that either. The reason, the reason that the Pharisees wanted to kill Jesus is they didn't believe they were sinners. The harlots believed it. The prostitutes believed it. The thieves believed it. But the Pharisees thought that they had a corner on God and that somehow or another they're pretty good people. Well, you're not. Amen. There's a guy that witnesses in California and he witnesses on the streets of San Francisco. And uh, I think, I, I, I'll think of his name in a minute. Um, the little evangelist guy. Yeah, Ray Comfort. And, and he, 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 he addresses people, walks up and said, you know, um, are you a Christian? Some of them go, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a good person. You are? You ever lied? Well, yeah, I lied. Yeah, yeah. You ever stole anything? Well, not big, but I stole something. You ever had any moral thought? He goes, well, you just admitted that you're a lying, thieving, adulteress. <laughs> In the sight of God, you're not all that. And so that kind of gets rid of that. And, and see, without, without knowing the love of God, you're, you're not going to walk in love. So, so let's, let's finish reading this. Let's look at verse 4. But God, who's rich in mercy. What? He's rich in what? What's the next word? Because of what? We're going to talk about why you're saved. You know why you're saved? God is rich in mercy because of the great love that he loved you. It didn't say anything about how good you were. It didn't say anything about how awesome you were. It said because of his great love, you're saved. Now that'll make you happy. All right. Even when you were dead, spiritually dead in sin, what were you going to do to stop being spiritually dead? I mean, I want you to do this. I mean, if you try, I want you to try. I don't know if you can pull this off, but I want you to find a morgue. I want you to go in there, pull someone off the slab, and just pull them out and say, if you'll behave, we'll let you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, they're, gonna, they're stone cold dead. I found out why they called the ice cream place stone cold creamery when we got marble countertops, granite. They're always cold. You can, never mind. Put your coffee down and it cools your coffee down in the morning. So, well, I know they all don't want to know that. 
stone cold. Even when you were dead in trespasses, he made you alive together with Christ. By grace, unmerited favor, you were saved and raised you up together and made you sit together in heavenly places so that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward you in Christ. What'd you do? Nothing. For by grace, you were saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of your works. You can't boast. Now, what about healing? It's a gift. Same thing. What about that job you want? Same thing. God is not answering your prayers because of you. He is answering them because of his great love, because of what Jesus did, because Jesus went to the cross, because he went to the region of the damned, because he rose from the dead, you have access to God through the blood of Jesus. So how is it that you have a good day tomorrow because, because of Jesus? And as long as you have him, you have hope. All right, now come on, I'm doing better at preaching than y'all are even amen and okay. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that you should walk in him. I mean, he already planned a good life for you and you weren't even around whether you were good or bad. Remember, therefore, that you were once a goheem in the flesh, that's a Gentile without God, that you were called uncircumcision by what's called circumcision, made with the flesh. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, with slap no hope, without God in the world. But in Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood. Go to James chapter 2. Now, we're still on the first Mac Daddy because... Now, folks, th- this is a huge, and I'm going to tell you where it came from. I hate to tell you all my personal stuff. The other day I was praying o- over myself, and I-, I opened up the Bible, and I said, I-, I-, I just want you to just show me in the Word. I just want you to lead me and guide me and, and show me an answer to what I'm praying about. And he said the word because, and I went, And, and he knew, you see, people with, I, I, have the, I have a personality, I'm a go-getter. And I really believe that a lot of things happen because I made them happen. In other words, I don't just sit around and do nothing. And because I'm a go-getter, it is hard for me to believe that God would do something and I ain't doing nothing. I have a hard time with that. I mean, I didn't do nothing. He said, well, when I found you, you weren't nothing either. So. And, and he took me to that word, I love you because I'm good. Not because you're being good. And it really caused my faith to rise because of the blood, because of Jesus' son. Go back and get your focus on Jesus. Get it off yourself. Get it on Jesus. Quit thinking about what you did and what you didn't do and how good you've been doing, how bad you've been doing. Get, it off. get your eyes back on Jesus. It's because of Jesus. And I went, oh, I guess that answers my prayer right there. So that's, that's a personal thing. Anyway, James chapter uh, 2, uh, let's start with verse 8. In, 
if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. Verse 12, if you speak and so do as those who be judged by the law of liberty, for judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy, because mercy triumphs over judgment. So, do you have a hard time being merciful to people who are not worth it? Sometimes. Oh, you bet. All of our neighbors. Co-workers. Um, I know y'all, y'all got a bunch of them. Go ahead and call their names out right now. We're, we're, we're just confessing their, our sins, their sins, everybody else's sins. By God, Jojo. I mean, by God, Jojo. Okay. All right, let's, let's look at another one real quick. Matthew 18. Go to Matthew 18 and let's, let's polish this, this one up, the first Mac Daddy. See, so many people are going, why did this happen? Well, it's not that hard. It, a lot of stuff is just not that difficult to understand. Matthew 18, 21, it says, And Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And, he, and then he threw a number out. Seven? Yeah, you know what he's thinking? One. Two. So I got to tell the joke. This man, he's an older man. He remarried an older woman. He, had, he was a widow, his, and he married a widow. And um, on, on their honeymoon, they went to the Grand Canyon. And uh, he's getting to know his new bride, and she's getting to know him. And they rented mules and going down to the Grand Canyon. And, um, and you know, and he's going, hey, sweetheart. And she's riding the mule. She's not having a really good time, you know. And the, and the mule kicks and she says, she says to the mule, that's once. And he's like, hmm. And so they're headed down that, that narrow path going down the Grand Canyon. The mule kicks. She goes, that's two. And they're going down, and the mule kicks again. She goes, that's three. And she pulls a 45 out and shoots the mule. <laughs> and he turns to her and said, what'd you do? And she went, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to know the person you're marrying before you get married, okay? <laughs> a little thought there. But see, he said seven times, and I know that I'm like, I'm, I'm a little like that. That's once. Okay, we'll have a little grace. That's twice. But how does God do you? Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching way better than y'all are amening right now. And, and we're, we're going to read the rest of this. We're going to read the rest of this. Um, okay, y'all know, you know where I'm going because you've read this before, but you're going to read it again. Just, you, you can read stuff twice. I says, I don't say to you seven times, but 70 times seven, and that's in a day. That'll help your marriage. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. A talent is a year's wages. I'd figured it out one day. That's $26 billion. That was your debt when you got born again. Now, how are you going to pay that back? You aren't. Impossible to do it. All right. 
But he was not able to pay, and the master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all he had in payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down and says, Master, be patient with me, and I'll pay you all. And I got it in my Bible, how? And the master had, of that servant had compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. That's a big deal. And every, that servant went out and found a fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii, that's $18, laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. And the fellow servant fell down and said, I will have patience with me and I'll pay all. And he wouldn't. And he went and threw him in prison until he should pay that debt. We love him because. We love each other because. How'd you get here? Pure mercy. Mercy triumphs over what? Judgment. How then... Why, let's go back to because, why are things happening in your life? Because you forgot it. You forgot what you were like when he found you and now you're running around mad at somebody, probably in the church. You might be married to him right now. I probably saved your marriage when you came in here tonight because you're arguing and fighting over petty things that don't matter and yet God had total mercy on you. You know, sometimes it's just like, forget it. It's not an argument worth winning. You know, I went through a divorce. My wife came and you know what I gave her? Everything. You say, did you go to court? No. No. Y'all look at me like a dog at a new bowl. And then what was left, Lisa threw in the street. I went, well, I got a Bible and I got God. Let's go. Why is that so hard? Y'all went stone quiet on me. If, if someone steals your job, can he get you another one? Oh, we could go. We could go all kind of places tonight. All right, let me finish. Let me finish the story because I don't want to leave you hanging. And when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master what had been done. His master said, called him and says, "You wicked servant! I forgave you that whole debt. You begged me and you asked me. Should you have not had compassion on your fellow servant? I like I had pity on you." And the master was angry, delivered him the tortures until he would pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father will do to each of you if you, from your heart, don't forgive your brother their trespasses. Now, do you want to know why? Now, you want to know the answer to why? <laughs> so you can get your prayers answered. We love him because. He loved us. We are merciful. Why? He's merciful to me. I've had mercy given to me. I've been blessed. I have a good life. Amen. Amen. Now see, if you don't know that, you're running around in fits all the time. And it's not necessary. All right, now that's the first because. How are we doing for time? we're We're doing pretty good. We go to second because. We, we read it a while ago, 1 John 3, no, no, number, yeah, yeah, 1 John 3, go back to 1 John to the next because, 
Now, I know that this, I'm not trying to bore you with that word over and over all night long, but I am, I have found out from news that if you keep saying something long enough, people get it. <laughs> Even if it isn't true. <laughs> Glory to God. First John 3.22, it says, and whatever we ask, we receive because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son. Most of us in here will do that. And love one another as he gave commandment. Now, everything we've been talking about is that connected to your prayers? All right, now, now, let's go back to why. Let's go back to why. Pastor, I've been praying and praying and praying and nothing's happened and I want you to tell me why. Well, it's right there in 1 John if you just read it. How are you doing in your love walk with other people? Well, not too good. Well, you might want to go and start working on it. Thank y'all. But y'all are so excited to preach it. You see, let me tell. Let, let me just tell you this. This, I think this will help. We have a lot of people walk in church and they want someone to pray a prayer and get them an answer. And it's it's. God does that sometimes when you're a baby. You know, babies get bottles. They don't deserve a bottle. They get a diaper change. But honey, you ain't getting a diaper change in a bottle all your life. You just not. God just, the mama's got better sense than that. I got news for you. First it's here, then it's here, then it's here, and then it's there. I'm talking about your children. After a while, you're going to put them down and they're going to walk. Amen. If you've got any sense. Because after a while, they're too heavy, they'll break your back some mothers found that out the hard way. Okay. When I was with T.L. Osborne in Waterhill, Columbia, he told a story about a woman, and I told you this, so I'm going to go through it quick because many of you have heard the story. A woman who was a, a, a religious woman, she's Catholic, and she came to the meeting because she wanted to be healed. She's in a wheelchair. And he's praying for, he's preaching the gospel, and then he prays for the sick, and then when he prays for the sick, she raised her hands and she prays that God would heal her. And yet for night one, night two, night three, night four, nothing ever happens. But on the fourth night, during this time, her, her uh, chauffeur, who happened to be a Christian, uh, and she's a very wealthy woman, and he said, lady, would, ma'am, would you like to go forward during the altar call? And she said, no, I have my religion. Now, she, she wants her religion, but she wants healing. There's a lot of things you want and healing. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes there's a because. Why didn't that happen? Well, because. You know, the people don't like to hear that. Anyway, so the, the, I think it was the fourth night that she was there. During the time T.L.'s praying for the sick, she looks up in the crowd and Jesus is walking through the crowd laying hands on people. And she sees it. And he walks up to people in a wheelchair and lays his hands on them. They get out. And he goes into another wheelchair and lays hands and they get out. And he walks right through the crowd and he's coming right to her. Now she can't go anywhere. She's in a wheelchair. And he walks right by her and never even looks her way. 
and it broke her heart. And she said, why did he just walk by me? And she went home that night and had a come to Jesus meeting in her heart. He's not here to heal you, honey. He's here to save you. Your number one issue is you're a sinner who wants salvation. There's a lot of people want God to do a whole lot of stuff. There's a connection there that it really is hooked to the way you treat people. Now, do we all do good? We, no, no, we, we fail. But there's a thing called, um, gosh, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I, I'm, I, was, I, I shouldn't have done it. Please forgive me. You know, Lisa and I do that so much, we just put it on a tape recorder. <laughs> not really, not really. But you better learn if you want, you better learn if you want friends to, to walk up and admit you've missed it sometimes. Yep. You have to work on relationships. That's right. Don't just get up and walk out of a church when someone offends you. That's good. You aren't going to, you, you, I don't care if they're wrong. Yeah. Now you're in sin. Blessed are the peacemaker, not troublemaker. If you're not working to, to reconcile a relationship, you're out of fellowship with God. I don't care what they told you. You can get in all the lines you want to get in. You can get Rodney to pray for you, Shuttlesworth to pray for you, Kenneth Hagin to pray for you, and Gabriel to pray for you, and it ain't going to do any good. I'm doing better than y'all, amen. This is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son and love one another as he gave a commandment. Amen. Folks, Christianity would be easy if it wasn't for that scripture. <laughs> I got a, when, when the Lord asked me to pastor, he said, why don't you want to do it? And I said, I don't like people. I said, well, I put my love in you. Go work on it. If you get enough heathen around you and you work on your love walk, you'll develop it. Lisa will tell you I'm doing a lot better than I used to. I'm way better. And some of y'all need to catch up. You know, I, I look like secretariat. I'm so far out ahead of some of y'all. That's arrogant. I'm just messing with you. Okay. Number three, because. 1 John 4, 4. Are y'all doing good? Yes, now see, we're answering questions tonight that people are constantly asking. Whether you know it or not, you're hearing these. And some of you have asked the same thing or you've said it. So 1 John 4, 4, you're of God, little children, and you have overcome them because there's a reason you overcome. Why are you overcoming? Why have you made it this far? Why is it that you're still here? How is it that you have done as well as you have done up until now? Does anybody know? Because he put the greater one inside of you. He didn't leave you orphans. You got born again and you got washed in the blood. And then he filled you with the Holy Ghost. And if it wasn't for that guy on the inside of you talking to you, helping you, prompting you, correcting you and leading you and guiding you, you'd have been belly up by now. 
but yet we're still overcoming and we will always overcome and we know that no matter what we're do good, bad, ugly, right or wrong, there's still the guy that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of us and because of that, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world and that's how I know that tomorrow will be good. Now, if it's left up to me, oh, help me, Jesus. I'm going to write a book one day on how to grow a church. Open it up, it'll say, God, the end. If he don't help you, forget it. How to have a good marriage, God. I mean, I've had to pray a lot over Lisa. I know y'all know that's true. Anyway, you don't believe it, and that's okay. Never mind, I'm messing with Okay, Ephesians 6, 10. Go to Ephesians 6, 10. We'll probably close with this one. Because, because this is another area that people ignore. Let me say that again. I want you to get this. We have people who come in this church and the first time they come in, I've had a lady came in here one day. She said, I never heard a sermon on the devil in my life till I came in your church. I said, well, you met Jesus. And if you met Jesus, the next person you met was Satan. And if you've never met Satan, you're not saved. Is anybody here other than me and Zach and Amber ever had trouble with the devil since the day you got born again? All right, well, praise God. So now we know about the greater one. Let's read this. I think it's time to quit pretending he's not there. Quit pretending he's not trying to stop you. You're having trouble right now, and there is opposition against you, not only in the world, but even in your soul, and you need to wake up and smell the coffee and realize that as long as you're living here on this planet, this side of heaven, you're in a spiritual warfare against a demon who's trying to stop you from walking with God. And you can't go through life in la-la and pretend like it isn't true. That's a heavy thought. I think it was Jeannie Bowser was talking about renting your place. And I think that she made a statement. She said, is it okay if I holler? And she says, I have to. And I, th- and I thought, that's one request I have to agree with. Because there's days when I'm dealing with the devil and I get loud. Do I have to? I don't know. It just feels so good to let him have a piece of my mind. <laughs> when I was building my cabin, Oh, the poor lady next door. Oh, my God. The windows hadn't been put in. It was a two-story building. Y- y'all, have y'all been up I-4 and seen that chalet, the log cabin chalet? The big one with the big pitch roof. We built that cabin. Lisa and I built it. 429. No, not 429. I-4. I-75. Going toward 
past Gainesville like you're going up to Georgia. Okay, the, it's a log cabin up there. So I'm upstairs and I'm doing the woodwork and I'm having a problem with the devil. And I'm praying in tongues and then every once in a while I'm getting loud. And the lady next door had decided to come visit me for a moment. And I walk out the back door and I'm going, Satan! And she's going. And I went, hi, I'm your new neighbor. And she left and I thought, that's the last time we'll ever see that lady. And that's the reason I moved out in the woods because anyway. Let's read this right here. Let's read it because we can't pretend it isn't in the Bible. 610, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so you'll stand against the wiles of the devil. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. But if you tell me you're not in a wrestling match, then I'm going to ask you, are you born again? Because you need, sometimes people need to hear that you need to hear that a lot of the trouble you're having in your soul is not because you're doing anything wrong. It's because you're doing something right. And a lot of people don't ever talk about it. Why would you need a greater one if you never had a fight? There's a reason God gave you power. Because you have an enemy trying to kill you. And take you down and take you out. Anyway, anyway, that's the next because. But... um, it says, therefore, take the whole armor of God that you'll be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore, and gird your way through truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. And it says, verse 18, pray in all ways with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end. Why do you pray in the spirit? Because, because you're not going to turn him loose if you don't. Now let's talk about it. Let's go to Jude one twenty. Go to Jude one twenty, and let's see how I'm doing for time. Because, because, why did he give you the Holy Ghost? Because, why does he want you to speak in tongues? Because you have an enemy. Why should you pray in the Spirit? Because you don't get a prayer answered, you don't ask. Why? Because he said so. Because. Now think about this for a minute. Satan hates the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, you can go to church all you want to, and then you can believe in God and believe in Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. The minute you walk in a church like this, your in-laws, outlaws, and family members are going to have words with you. What are you doing over there? Now, when I got born again, and all the dopes I smoked, nobody in my family said a word. And all the beer I drank and the Playboys and the, and the Raising Hell and not a soul said a word until I started speaking in tongues. And they warned me. I went to a church and I was warned about Ramah. Let me warn you. I said, well, I've already been indoctrinated. Your warning's doing you no good, man. I am, I'm in both, both feet. I'm, I'm in over my head already here. Isn't that amazing how much the devil will fight that? And I mean, when you're sitting and praying in the spirit, don't tell me you don't have a war going on in your head. How you feel, how you feel, how you feel, what you feel, what you think, 
What you doing? You no good. Well, you ain't God. He ain't God ain't answering your prayer. Yeah, don't look at me in that tone of voice. I met the devil that's, that's in your house. I ran him out of mine. So why do you have a greater one? Because, because God said, you're going to need him. You're going to need the greater one on the inside of you. I, have a, I, I sit back and I go, Father God, thank you. I don't know what anybody does who doesn't pray in the spirit, but thank you that I do. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. There are times when I don't know what to do. I have no idea. I got things I need to pray about and I don't have a clue. I, don't, I read a book and I couldn't find it. I listened to a CD, I couldn't find it. And finally I put them on both down. I read my Bible, couldn't find it. I just sat and prayed in tongues. And after a while, the greater one would go. Have you noticed this scripture? And I'm going, I have been waiting on you all day. Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Read, do 21. Let's close with this, 21. We'll wait on you. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. Go to 22. And on some people have compassion, make a distinction. Go to 23. And others save with fear and pull them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Let me tell you something. And others save with fear. Anyway, that's why there's so many, there's so many questions. Pastor, why? Because find out what he said. Find out the cause. Find out what he said. Instead of just saying, I don't know, go find what he said. Because of this, you're not getting your, because of this, you're having trouble. Because. He has not left us in the dark. Not a one of us are in the dark. You have everything you need to make it. And, and, it's, and it's overkill. The greater one in you got Jesus out of hell. All you're dealing with is one devil. And maybe your flesh, and maybe a relative or two. Not that big a deal. Not yet, not America. Are you out there? Did you go home? All right. Lisa's telling me that's enough. Number one, because, because he loves you. Number two, so you can get your prayers answered. Number three, because the greater one's in you. And there's more. There's a lot more in here. John spent a lot of time going because of this, because of that, because of this. There's a lot of things. And he answered our questions. They're in there. We're not in the dark, guys. We're not on the losing end of this thing. We're on the winning end of this. When he made you a new creation, he made you an exact duplicate of Jesus. You have everything you need to make in life. But there's reasons. And just praying alone, just throwing a few prayers in the sky is not the answer. Get your Bible and find out what he said about it and begin to make adjustments, whatever he said. Does this help 
Does this help? Anyway, I don't know whether that helped you, but it, it helped me the other night when I was sitting there and I was praying. And he said, son, it, I'm answering your prayers because of Jesus. And I went, oh, glory to God. Just hearing that one because, I went, praise God. And then he said, because of the blood. Because of the blood. Then he said, the greater one's in you because and I went, I think I'll preach this. You ready to pray? Father, you gave us the word. You gave us the answers to everything we needed to know. Everything we need to know is in the Bible. And, and, and if we can't find it, you gave us the Holy Spirit to show us if we pray. And you said there's reasons things happen and don't happen and there's things that we all in this room right now have questions about all of us are sitting here going I have questions but you know I may not be able to answer everybody's questions but you can I pray that we will get up tonight and go out of here with the attitude I'm going to find out why I'm going to find out what I need to do about it and I'm going to get to victory tonight I am going to live in victory on this earth and Father God, you paved a way for me to live in victory, and I'm going to. And I'm not going to walk around pretending like you've hidden truth from me. You didn't hide truth from me. You gave me truth, and you gave me the Holy Ghost so I would know it. Now, you said we would know the truth, and the truth would set us free. And that's my, my confession. I know the truth. The truth sets me free. My confession is the greater is he that is living on the inside of me than he that is in this world. And my confession is because he loves me, because he loved me and had mercy on me, I can be merciful. I can walk in love because. And I pray, Father God, we'll leave here tonight understanding that you, you, you want us to know. You want us to know. You want us to have victory. And I give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, I'm going to have to put my shoes on. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.